Sunday was a very embarrassing loss for the Chargers, and I know it's tough for Chargers fans out there right now, but the Chargers' playoff chances are still very much alive. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joins always my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers for over five seasons. We started doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What is up, guys? Welcome into the show. We have a lot to get into today. But first, let me just thank everyone for coming in and making us your first listen today. We very much appreciate it. We really you know, appreciate everyone's support. A lot of downloads on this last episode, even after such a tough loss. And like I told you guys yesterday, like that means a lot to us knowing how tough it is sometimes, especially with this Chargers team. But if you haven't already, make sure to go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. Follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But some news today, David, good news and bad news. I think we are all expecting a wave of COVID round up to hit after the game because that's kind of been happening. Like Monday has just been like. Black Monday every week, it seems yeah. like, you know, they're just names yeah. getting piled onto the list, especially with the names the Chargers already had on there. But we're going to start with the playoff chances because really for the Chargers, it's going to come down to two teams. It's going to come down to the Dolphins and if they can win out in the Ravens and if they can win out. Plus, all pretty much based on the Chargers winning out. You know, and do we have confidence in that right now after the performance last weekend? And with all the names, you know, uncertainty in the air, especially with some unbanked guys going on the list today that we know aren't going to play in the final game and Brandon Staley got to open up a little bit more today in his press conference about the loss last night. And I thought there were some very interesting things. I think he called out the effort of his defense really in this game and really called them out and said they didn't do anything well, which he kind of said yesterday too. But there's also some stuff about Justin Herbert and the interceptions trying to figure out how much I agree with that. And just the trying to have all the moving parts on the back end and keep that, you know, solid secondary, which the Chargers have had really a lot of trouble with lately. But as far as the playoff chances go, David, for the Chargers, I mean, it's pretty simple for me, at least. I mean, the Chargers obviously have to win out. If you look at the New York Times prediction, uh, predictions right now, what it's going to say is that the Chargers have a 37% chance to make the playoffs. That's with all of the games left on the table. The Chargers' chances took a little bit of a hit tonight with the Dolphins beating up on a you know COVID-ravaged Saints team with Ian Book starting for them. That helps their chances. But I think the good news is, David, is that these teams have some very difficult games on their schedule, which keeps the Chargers very much alive. Because if each one loses one of their last two games, the Chargers can make it if they win all of their games. Because those teams wouldn't get to 10 wins, right? That's the simplest right. way to put it. The Chargers could get to 10. Those other teams could not. So with this for the Chargers, I think looking at specifically at the Ravens first, I mean, the Lamar Jackson situation has been wild. He's been out a lot, right? And he's been ill in other yeah. weeks where he's been questionable, even with the Chargers, right? He was illness, wasn't practicing that week, even before he ended up playing. But that's still very much in the air. The latest is that they think he's going to play. But they're playing the Rams. It is a home game, but the Rams seem to be getting hot at the right time. And I think that gives you a little glimmer of hope, whether you think the Chargers deserve to be in or not. I mean, if they make it, they deserve it. What you know, what they do after that is really going to be what decides this season and you know the success of it. But you have a realistic you know, chance that the Ravens could drop that game. And if not, they still have a game against the Steelers, which is a divisional game. 
Yeah, for sure. I think uh, looking at those two games, the, the Rams are one of the better teams in the league and uh, the NFC for sure. And they still have a lot to fight for, too. I mean, they have a chance at a first round by, so they're yep. not going to be resting anybody. I mean, this this game is important to them. It's 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 worth it. It's 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 definitely beneficial for them to go out there and put their, you know, really put their best on the football field and win this game. So I, I, I like the Rams in that one. Uh, I, obviously, I'm a little bit hopeful, but um yeah, I mean, of the two games, the Steelers game, you never know. Those are physical matchups. Uh, we know about those division games, right? I yeah, mean, anytime the Chargers play any of their division uh, opponents, it's always physical because those are the teams that know you the best. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting matchup, but you got to hope the Rams are, are going to be able to pull one out. And obviously, none of that matters if you don't handle your own business first. Yeah, and we'll get into that. But I think the, on the other side of things with the Dolphins, they're a peculiar case just because they're the only team now in NFL history that's lost seven games in a row, and then won seven games Wild. in a row. So they're hot. The teams yeah. they've been playing have not been good. They do have a good, you know, Ravens win on that resume with Lamar Jackson. That was solid for sure. But yeah. still, I mean, they've definitely been fortunate with their schedule, especially playing, you know, beating up on the weaker teams in the AFC East. But I think that they also are going to face a tough schedule and have a tough time pulling out both the wins to end their season because they have – some teams on their schedule with a lot to play for too, because first they're taking on the Tennessee Titans who just beat the San Francisco 49ers as beat up as they are. They just beat a team that's been surging in the NFC. Now they play the Titans this week who have a lot to play for with the Indianapolis Colts right on their heels, right? Indianapolis. I don't know why I said that so weird. (laughs) They also, after that, I mean, they still have another tough game against the Patriots and the Patriots will have a lot to play for as well on the top of that division, because now, the Buffalo Bills have taken the lead in that, and they'll have to play out through the rest of the season and hope that the Bills drop one along the way, and that could be somewhat of a revenge game for the Patriots. So that's why it does still feel very much alive, just because out of you, know, you just heard the schedule of who these two teams had to play. They're going to have to lose two of those games, and with the way those teams are playing, even without Derrick Henry and all the other you know circumstances with that, the Patriots even losing to the Bills, they're still a better team than they were the last time they played the Dolphins in week one. So there's still a chance there. Yeah, there's definitely a chance. And I think the the one thing when you look at these two opponents for the Dolphins, both of these teams are very, very well coached teams. I think Mike Vrabel as a head coach in Tennessee, he's done wonders to turn around that organization. And they've been perennial playoff teams pretty much every year that he's been there. So you, you got to give him credit for his tutelage of that team. And then obviously, you know what the Patriots bring to the table. I mean, the, the hardware speaks for itself. The, the yeah. jewelry speaks for itself with Bill Belichick. You know what he's capable of doing. You know he's going to take away what you do best. You know he's going to be very, very frustrating to play against because that's what good coaches are. I mean, they're they're going to frustrate you and make it a very uncomfortable matchup, and you're going to have to outduel him. And obviously, um, for me, in any matchup, my money is always with Bill Belichick. So those are a yeah. couple of really tough teams, are really a really tough games that are also very, very important for those two opponents that the Dolphins are, are going to be playing. Exactly. And that's why the Chargers kind of, you know, still have a nice path laid out in front of them, but you still do need help. You still need other teams not to get to 10 wins and you have to get to 10 wins yourself because I told you they said 37% chance for the Chargers right now. That's because you don't know the results of those games. And you also don't know the results of the Chargers games, right? Because these are all based on the Chargers winning those last two games. If they can win those sweep the Raiders and the Broncos and, you know, inverse order, then they have a 79% chance to make the playoffs. So it seems so far, and especially according to this predictor, and I think 
that's just the biggest thing, though, is can you trust this team right now, David, from what we've seen last weekend, to go and win out with them, do what they have to do? No, absolutely not. I mean, I don't think you can have any kind of confidence after that performance and how, and how just this season has gone for the Chargers. It's been so ping-pongish. It's just been up and down and up and down and up and down. There has been no winning like significant winning streaks where you're like, man, they're clicking on all cylinders and they're, they're able to carry that over from week to week, game to game. We just haven't seen a lot of consistency from that perspective. And the defense has been really bad. I think the offense has been fairly good this season, but they haven't been able to put it together to where they've played well enough for them to really get on a roll. And and that's what's been so frustrating for me, and I'm, for, I'm sure for a lot of Charger fans, is that you see a lot of talent, you see a lot of ability, and I think you you really believe in the coaching staff for the most part. And it's just you know really frustrating that they're not able to put it together on a consistent basis. Right, and I mean, consistency has always been the name of the game because, I mean, let's not forget that this team has beat good teams so yeah. far this season. They have good wins on their resume. It's not like they've, you know, every good team they've gone up against, they've wilted, right? They have those, you know, resume builders on their record, including taking out three out of the four teams in the AFC North. So I think yeah. that they have shown that they can be a good team on occasion. And I think you just saw last week, I mean, it was just not having that energy with Brandon Staley talks about at the end of the show. And Obviously, everything to do with the COVID situation and the Chargers had some more names put on that list that we have to get into. And a couple of guys that, since they're on backs, are not going to be able to play in this upcoming game. And hopefully, you know, the Chargers will start getting more guys back because Austin Eckler did get activated off of the list this week already. So we'll get to that coming up right after this. All right. So more COVID news. <laughs> Stop me if you've heard this before. Yay. I mean, Every day. I mean, every single day, it seems like, you know, even game day was Michael Davis. Like day before that was Justin Jones, a wave on Mondays. And I mean, I think there was 106 players put on the COVID reserve list throughout the NFL. 50 in in the month of December, like just absolutely insane. The amount of people that are being (laughs) affected by by this COVID-19 virus right now. It's insane. Yeah, exactly. And the Chargers also had to place more players on the list while not getting as many back as you would like. But now at this point, David, we know that Mike Williams and Zier Adderley and Chris Harris Jr. have officially been ruled out of the game next weekend. And that's kind of how you're assessing out who of these guys has been vaxxed, right? Just because it's like, yeah. you know, if they're getting automatically ruled out, like they're not specifically saying that they're unvaxxed. But I mean, it's just hard to say, have- David. I mean, yeah, you, you just, you know, because the rest of the guys have a chance to play. Right. And the Chargers can still get some of those guys back. But that's what's so tough about this is like, even if they test positive and they were back, there's a chance they don't play. But you know that with certainty, just because of that decision, like it is hurting the football team, whether or not you think it's the right thing to do or not. I'm not even getting into that at all. But at this point, it is hurting the team when you know these guys aren't going to be able to play because of that decision. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're not here to to be the COVID police or, or, you know, police their personal decisions on what they believe. That is everyone's right as an American. So obviously we're not going to get into that aspect of it, but there's no question that it hurts the football team. I mean, the the availability, I mean, that's, that's key. If you can't go out there and play, you can't help the football team. And the the secondary is ravaged. I mean, they are going to be out there with a couple of players, hopefully Derwin's back. If Derwin's not there, it's it's an absolute uh, it, it's an absolute travesty. I mean, it's going to be really yeah. really difficult if they're if they're not able to have him back back there because you know you're not having Chris Harris. You know Michael Davis is probably not going to be out there. You don't know he's not ruled out yet, but we haven't seen anybody play that's been placed on the list 
um, that next week. And then Alohi Gilman was put on the list. I mean, they are they are hurting bad. So I would expect the Chargers to definitely look for some guys to sign. They got to add some bodies because they're dropping quick. It's just more moving parts. And with the uncertainty of not knowing which guys are going to come back, like you really don't know how to feel about them going up this weekend against a team that's already beat them, you know? So like yeah. that's just such a tough thing to try to think about right now until you start getting some guys back, which they did. But you know now Nazir Adderley and Chris Harris Jr. aren't going to be out there. You don't know about Derwin James. Alohi Gilman hasn't been officially ruled out for this one. But like I've said in the past weeks, like even with the lenient protocols coming into play last week, we haven't seen a player test positive, vaxxed or not, right. and still playing the upcoming game, right? They might miss less than 10 days, which is what happens if you're unvaxxed, but we haven't seen them come back for a game. So that's super troubling when you think about the names that are on there right now and continuing to go on there like an Alohi Gilman, right? So that's three of your safeties that could be out, your top three safeties, and Alohi Gilman had a rough week. That's your third best guy right yeah. now. And you don't, or you know Nazir Adderley's out, and you don't know about Derwin James. Like, that's a very, you know, startling proposition. I mean, you obviously will hope to get some guys back. You hope Joey Bosa can come back this week. You hope Chris Rumpf can come back this week as a Max player too, right? And these guys aren't necessarily out 10 days. They just need the negative test. But the CDC is changing guidelines. We can see some things potentially change because of the, you know, quarantine time going from 14 days to seven days or five days, 10 days to five days yeah. this week. So we'll see if the NFL kind of responds to that. But we did see some good news there as well, though, David, because we did see that the Chargers did activate Austin Eckler, Tavon Campbell, and Joe Gaziano from the COVID list. So at least some of these guys are starting to come back because they also need to get back and get there for the game plan, which a lot of these guys have missed so much of. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's nice for these guys to probably get some, you know, time off of their feet and let let their bodies heal because, you know, the, they've been playing through the rigors of an NFL season, uh, you know, for 15 weeks now. So it's been it's been tough. So that's the only positive that you can look at it. But yeah, I mean, these guys got to get into practice. Uh, they got to get comfortable with the game plan. <laughs> obviously, they, they need to get get more focused uh, because that last game plan, that was not it. They, they didn't know how to execute it. They did not go out there and play well. But getting a Joe Gaziano back on the interior defensive line, I think he's a guy who's really been uh, kind of a bright spot. I mean, he, he's really came out of nowhere uh, from, from training camp, and I thought he's really uh, worked himself into a, a nice rotational piece and a guy who's really helped you as a, a little bit of a pass rusher, but more so against the run. And that's one thing that was a glaring, glaring hole against the Texans. They they need to get him back. Hopefully they can get Justin Jones back too. That was another obvious uh, obvious deficiency. That guy is such a difference maker, and you really see it when he's not out there. But good to get Tavon Campbell back. I mean, that's going to help. But obviously the big name on here is Austin Eckler without question. We know how important that guy is, his 17 touchdowns the safety blanket for Justin Herbert. I mean, just a, a very physical runner. Hopefully this was beneficial for the ankle. He, hopefully he's back out of practice 100% and doing what Austin Eckler does. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if you can, you know, stack that with the impressive performances that we've seen from Justin Jackson in the last few games, you know, like he's looked as good as he's looked in his time with the Chargers over the last few weeks. And that's one of those things where, you can have Austin Eckler back, obviously, a little bit fresher, hopefully, especially for him with all the touches. He's a guy that could definitely use a week off and all that. But, like, at the same time, it doesn't mean anything if you don't make the playoffs, right? Like, right. You have plenty of time to rest if you don't make the playoffs. So you need all these guys back as soon as possible. And, I mean, I think if you see the game plan defensively last week, it didn't seem like those guys were on the field enough getting through that, right? So whether that's just guys, you know, who are starters 
now they are out. So now you're putting in the next guy, but it's a few days late and a few days closer to the next day. So it's not as much time, but either way, like this has totally changed the outlook of the Chargers season, especially depending on what happens this week. But having Joe Gaziano back is big. Having Austin Eckler back is big. And I think more importantly, like I said, I mean, it's Chris Rumpf. It's Joey Bosa. We'll see about Michael Davis because he would be the guy who would be pushing it because we haven't seen a guy test positive on game day, right? So starting the timeline from there, we've seen guys test positive on the Monday after that have all not played in the next game. But getting Corey Lindsley back, getting some of these other guys like Joey Bosa, potentially Derwin James, like that'll all make a huge difference because we saw what this defense looked like without him. Oh my goodness. It's unbelievable. There was no pass rush at all in that game. I mean, you know how important Joey Bosa is, but it's not just his pass rush ability. It's his ability to set that physical edge and and really be a phenomenal run stuffer too. I mean, he's a leader at that line of scrimmage. There's no one that has that kind of impact. There's nobody that brings that level of, of physicality, that technique, that ability. I mean, Joey Bosa is the total package and he is sorely, sorely missed in this game. Obviously, Derwin James was active for the game, but he didn't have a helmet the entire time. No, he was sitting there and just shoulder pads. They didn't have anybody left. Right. They, they couldn't. They couldn't make anyone inactive, but yeah. that's as inactive as you're going to be as an active status. But Same with Michael Davis. Yeah, obviously with Michael Davis. I mean, obviously something different, but yeah. That's different. Thing. Yeah, for sure. But with Derwin James, hopefully he's had enough time to let the hamstring heal. They need him desperately in this game. This is obviously a must-win game, and – He's got to be back there to kind of clean up some of the deficiencies that are, are going to be the guys that are playing next to him. But that's what superstars do, and that's what Duran James is capable of. Yeah, I mean, he changes everything on the back end. I mean, I think that one of the things you've seen the last three weeks is just moments where the Chargers are giving things up way too easily through the yeah. air. And I think a lot of that changes with Derwin James healthy out there, right? I mean, it's hard to even count him out there for the Kansas City game just because he had to miss so many snaps. Yeah. And was clearly limited. So, like, it, it's so important for him to be out there. And, I mean, we know this Chargers defense isn't, you know, supremely talented or at least is, you know, top heavy. And you saw that a lot last week with those other guys that have had to sub in. But looking like another desperate situation this weekend, unfortunately. And Brandon Staley, you know, talked about how it's been difficult to kind of play with these moving parts. Obviously, the, they've been one of the worst defenses in the NFL this season. And a lot of that potentially has to do with guys just being on and off the field getting hit by COVID even harder than they did last year, really. And I mean, more circumstances. So do you give him the benefit of the doubt for now, right? But he did have some interesting comments about that, the effort of his players, and Justin Herbert continuing to kind of prop him up. I want to see what you think about that, and we'll get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast, betonline.ag. And BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. And guys, playoffs are coming up. Hopefully the Chargers can make a run here, but it's bowl season as well, and this is one of the best times of the year to bet on playoff games and to bet on any kind of football games, especially when it seems like you have football pretty much every day, so you can almost always find some action. And the only place I go is betonline.ag. Right now, we can even give you guys some free money to play with them, because if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word to receive your bonus from football, basketball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. There's definitely some UFC cards coming up in January, UFC 270, which is going to be a lot of fun to bet on with a heavyweight championship on the line. But they have everything that you're looking for, and they're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing deals they have going on right now. 
Bet online where the game starts. All right, David. Well, it's time to get into Brandon Staley's press conferences. And it sucks always when they do it on Monday because you never know if you're going to get you know any access to it. But luckily, the Chargers put out a transcript of what Brandon Staley had to say. And it was interesting comments from him on this one. So I'm glad that they did because I think we start with the effort, David, because that was yeah. something that you had picked up on as well. Certainly when you're missing tackles and looking the way they did in the running game, I mean, not having Joe Gaziano and specifically Justin Jones obviously hurts you in that game, right? As far as stopping the run. But one of those things, you know, one of the things those guys bring to the table is just their energy that they bring. They try, you know, their willingness to be sturdy at the point of attack. And I think that was something that was missed. But Brand Staley got as close as you will hear him basically to kind of calling out his defense. And I think, I mean, I, I was. It was refreshing to hear. He said, I don't think we had our edge of the game yesterday. I don't think we had our edge of the game. When you look at the film, when we were in a lot of eight-man fronts, we knew exactly the type of runs we were going to be deployed by that team. That's what they did. We were in a lot of run structures that are designed to take it away, but it comes down to technique, attitude, and playing together. Playing with that intensity, that energy the game requires, that it demands regardless of who you're playing. I mean, that pretty much says it right there, David, like how he felt about that performance. And when you give up that much specifically to a guy like Rex Burkhead, I think it's fair. And I mean, I am glad that he's willing to come out here, kind of put his name on that and kind of send a message to his team. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much explicitly said that no level of the defense performed well in this game. They said nothing that they did what was was acceptable. They, they did not perform well. And yeah, that's something that was very clear to me was the, the lack of effort, the lack of lack of energy. It just didn't seem like anybody was exploding off the ball and really trying to get after it. I mean, that was something that in, in football, you have to have that aggression. You got to have that motivation. You got to have that energy and effort level. You got to be you got to have that that Joey Bosa motor. I mean, uh, that guy does not stop. From you definitely need more of those guys for sure. I mean, like you talked about the pressure, three pressures yesterday on 28 dropbacks. So unacceptable. To it's unacceptable. You you have to be able to manufacture a pass rush when Joey Buss is not out there and you know he's not going to be there. And obviously you know that Uchen and Wilson is the next best guy and they're going to do everything they can to take him out of the game. So what else are you going to do? You got to be able to bring pressure in other ways. And we didn't really see that in this game. But the effort level was something that was so apparent and they have to get that corrected because if they go into the this Broncos game playing like that, they're going to get whooped. Absolutely. And, I mean, I think that, you know, early in the season it was all run defense, and then we saw it be kind of more the pass defense that was getting shredded. When really it was kind of a combination of neither one being very good. Like, I mean, the pass numbers look good. When teams are running the ball, it will. And then the running numbers look good, you know, when teams – you know, and vice versa, basically. So, like – it, it, it was nice to hear him say that. I mean, I, obviously, that's a very simple answer. And, I mean, maybe there is more to just his scheme. But he's telling you he was stacking the box and the guys just weren't making the plays. He specifically brought up Amen Ogbogbamiga having a five-yard tackle for loss where, you know, they end up giving up a 36-yard run. He also talked about getting beat by double moves at the end of the half. Really roasted Devontae Harris in a way by saying, you know, how are we giving up a touchdown on a nine route? when you're playing off coverage with no time left in the half. Like, I mean, that's beginner stuff that you're not giving up those plays. I mean, you have to make a team like that earn it. And Davis Mills had some nice throw. But he, he brought up the penalties as well. But I just thought that was refreshing to kind of hear him talk about that and, and really call out some of his players. And I thought that Chris Harris Jr. 
brought it up as well. And, you know, Brandon Staley said that it has been hard for the team to play with all the moving parts. And that's the one thing we've seen throughout the season, David, is different members of the secondary, even the defensive front going out at different times and how much they've struggled to deal with that. Yeah, they said they have had a really hard time getting some continuity on the back on the backside, and you haven't had you know your your same your starting safeties out there at, at once uh, as much as you want to. You want to have Derwin James and Nas out there as much as possible, and there's just been way too many games where that hasn't been the case. You haven't been able to deploy that. You haven't had your top corners at time. Mike at times, Michael Davis has missed time. Asante Samuel Jr. has missed time. Obviously, Tavon Campbell was on the COVID list. And they just don't have a lot of depth behind those guys anyway. Mark Davis, uh, Mark, yeah, Mark Davis, or excuse me, Mark Webb has not uh, has not been out there. He's been right. uh, injured. So thank God, Mark to... Davis isn't out there. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mark Webb. But yes, uh, they just they haven't been able to really have a set amount of guys that they felt comfortable that were going to be able to go out there and provide the level of play that you're looking for. And, you know, some, some backups and rotations, you just haven't seen that they've had to roll with the punches and really try to figure out the right combinations. And Brandon Staley basically said, we're still trying to figure that out right now. Yeah, he did. And I mean, that's not an excuse. I mean, that's just the facts. Like they maybe should have done a better job. And I would agree with that. And like, it doesn't, excuse the performances right oh no but when you're looking at it i mean all the games asante samuel jr's missed jaron james has missed now and azir adderley chris harris jr michael davis justin jones all those guys have missed at least three games or are going to miss the next game making it three games you know so like it is something that's definitely affected them and like i don't think it hit the rams that hard in that way where it's just a constant in and out in the lineup you had more connectivity with guys back there with jalen ramsey john jefferson and the guys they had playing for them, I don't think that they dealt with as much. And I just think that it deserves some benefit of the doubt, especially when there's realistic questions about the personnel. But I do want to talk about what he had to say about Justin Herbert's two interceptions in the game. He said that neither one of them was poor decision-making, which I think in the second part for the pick six kind of calls out Jared Cook. I don't know how you interpreted that. Yeah. But like that was saying, you know, it wasn't on him. The Josh Palmer one, it's hard to say that one was a good decision, but He's been unwavering. I mean, even in this game, he says he played very well yesterday. You were going to continue to trust him. He's playing at a high level, the highest level in the league. I mean, a lot of it was in garbage time, but it's still, you know, the highest yards per attempt he had this season. Like he did do some nice things over 70% completion percentage, but those two big things kind of stained what could have been a better day, especially if the Chargers hadn't set up for as many field goals, which he said, you know, kind of cost them as well. Well, and, and, you know, the, the reason why I, I have an issue with the first interception is because it was first down. Uh, you, you didn't have to take that shot in that situation. And there was clearly double coverage. I mean, it was, you know, there, there was a, there was outside the guy inside and a guy above him. Well, and there, I like the decision to take a shot there. It's just, yeah. if it's not there, Check go to the next thing. Yeah. yeah. Keep possession of the football. So that one, I have a little bit of issue with just because of where they were on the football field and the down and distance that they were dealing with at the time. The second one, I, I definitely blame Jared Cook a little bit more on that one because we've seen numerous examples of him kind of quitting on routes. And I mean, the decision, what, why are you throwing behind the sticks in that situation? I mean, I, I don't really know about that. But I mean, yeah. it wasn't a third down or anything, but no. it was just like you weren't going to get much out of it to try to squeeze something into a window there. That well, and it was, yeah, it was just another double coverage situation. You didn't really need to throw. I maybe mean, triple cover. There was like yeah. three guys in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, but like I said, that's a third time we've seen Jared Cook quit on the route and it turned into an interception. This one turned into a pick six. Uh, you, you just can't you can't have that. I mean, a guy that's been in the league this many years should know better than to quit on a route. You got to go out there and get the football or prevent the interception. You got to do something. We just that can't happen going forward. Yeah, and, like, I don't even want to roast Jared Cook because, I mean, there's definitely something there for sure. And, I mean, hopefully the coaches are telling them that. But, like, I guess there is a reason kind of to all these teams letting him go, even though, you know, you look at just the raw numbers and he's been one of the more productive tight ends, you know, especially in the red zone, scoring touchdowns and things like that. But it's just been the little things. I mean, the key drops, you know, not being able to bring in that touchdown last week against the Chiefs, that would have been huge. Yeah. Just balls tipping off his hands at time for interceptions. Like, we've kind of seen everything in the book with Jared Cook. I mean, not being on the same page with Justin Herbert being high on that list. But, I mean, I thought, you know, the other thing that he talked about that's been an issue is just the batted passes. And he said it's basically just because they're running so many RPOs and things like that. All the quick passing game gives the other team, you know, that chance to kind of get their hands up and, and block it. So he's not worried about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess I see that logic, and I understand it. And you can't really be mad about the RPOs because the RPOs have created a lot of explosive passing plays in this offense, and they've really used that as a great weapon, something that I would like to see them do more. I mean, it just seems like whenever, almost whenever they do it, they have a really, really successful play that comes out of it. So I want to see that happen a little bit more. I, I'm also – I mean, it's annoying to see the bad passes. It just – it doesn't make a lot of sense because you're six foot six, at least in your mind. But then you look at the the, the construction of the plays and and how they're trying to run it. Sometimes they're going quick. Um, you know that when you're going quick, you got to have that execution. So, it, I mean, yeah, the RPOs are an integral part of the offense. They they have to stay. Well, and I think I think the only thing you would look at is like, are they tipping them off in some way? Like, are they giving yeah. teams too good of an idea? And I just don't think that Justin Herbert keeps the ball enough. I mean, they're not all read options, you know, where it's a keeper for him. It's either hand it off or throw it. Right. But it would be nice to see him have a little bit more of that, especially with the offense trying to convert, trying to turn these drives into touchdowns. And we saw, you know, a design draw a couple of weeks ago. You're seeing some innovation there, but not a ton. But I thought it was interesting what he had to say. But if you guys want to vent, I know I think Chargers fans still kind of need a venting session. So on tomorrow's show, we're planning on getting in some voicemails. Remember, try to keep them as short as possible. That makes them have the best chances of getting them on the show. But if you guys want to get in on that action, the number is 323-524-7924. And we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we have a lot more coming up this week. I mean, it's playoff times. Brandon Staley said the playoffs start on Sunday, and he's right, you know. So a lot to still play for. And to make sure you guys don't miss an episode along the way, make sure to subscribe to the new Locked on Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free wherever you get your podcast from on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the TuneIn app, the new Odyssey app, or wherever. And you can find it on all of our social media. Find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at Drotalk SD, and the show's Twitter at Locked On LAC. You can also find our new at Locked On Chargers Instagram page and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But I know there's some more that we need to get into for sure, and we'll keep you updated with the latest COVID news and all of that, and including maybe talking about just like how bad this defense is and like how we got to this situation, especially with all the moving parts that we talked about. But a lot more to get into crossover later on in the week. So make sure you guys are back in here for that with us for that. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.